Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast. I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest today. We just had a lively discussion, and I know you're going to enjoy her today. So today I have Dr. Artika Tyner, who is a passionate educator, a poet, author, sought after speaker, and an advocate for justice. She is the founder of Planting People Grow Justice Press and Bookstore. I'm excited to dig into that. And in recognition of her leadership and service, she is the recipient of more than two dozen awards that include Women in Business, American Small Business Champion, International Educator Citizen, and American Bar Association Difference Maker. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk all things goals and how to crush them. And it seems like you've crushed a lot of goals in your life and career. Yes, thank you. I'm honored to be here. And goal setting has been the secret to my success. To think about those possibilities, even those dreams that I could not imagine. How do I get there? Who do I need to meet? What's the process? And how can I, once I even get to the destination I'm seeking to go to, what will be my marker of success? And more importantly, how do I make it so someone else can reach those same goals and go further faster? Oh, I love it. And I love that you mentioned who do I need to seek out? Who do I need to connect with? I think many times when people set out on their goal journey or have an idea that may seem wild, they don't know how to get there, but then they forget that there are many other people who have been on that journey. And so sometimes those people can be the biggest champions. So let's dive into, I mean, you, you're a lawyer, I assume, right? Yeah. Yes. So you're a lawyer. Now you have a bookstore, you have all these things and you do a lot of uh, justice work. Tell me how, tell me about you. How did you get to accomplishing all these different things? Well, I'll start with where I come from. I think that's very important. I was born and raised here in St. Paul, Minnesota. My hometown is called Rondo, a historic African-American district. But in addition to that, what is unique about our community is how we got started. In many ways, if we think about where an African-American community could uh, thrive and strive and reach their goals in real time, Rondo embodied that. It was the economic engine of our community and even of our state in many ways. At its peak, there were over 400 Black-owned businesses. And in addition to that, you had everything that you needed, a self-contained community for learning and growth. Everything is right there, from the medical doctor to the school teacher to the co-op, everything you needed. But unfortunately, our community, like many others in 1956, were impacted by the federal highway uh, system and interstate system. So we then know that the main freeway of I-94 went through the heart of our community displacing mm -hmm. hundreds of people in real time. And not only was it the displacement through the process of eminent domain, it also meant that we lost because we know the anchor of any intergenerational wealth transfer is home ownership. Mm -hmm. So we lost yeah. our home. So we lost our wealth under, overnight as well. So I think this would be one of my first goals. My goal was to right that wrong. 
That's why I became mm-hmm. an attorney, to be knowledgeable oh, wow. of our rights and to be impactful in real time. You know, the community organizers that trained me always said, got voice, got power. So I was determined to use my voice and use the power of my law degree. And I would say my law degree was my, my shield and my <laughs> sword was, uh, was my faith. So bringing those two things together to be impactful in real time, to not only impact my community, but communities all over the nation. There's over a thousand documented cases of racial removal related to this particular issue. So for me, I would say that passion that came from an injustice led me on a pathway of being an advocate for justice in real time. Wow. And I really, what really resonates with me is that sometimes that people find themselves in impossible situations or things that are done and they feel like there's no, no hope or no way out, or it just, that just is what it is. And I can't move forward. And you really rise up and speak for them and help them to make that change come about. And you're really their champion. I, if you use the sword and everything like that. And I think many times when people, when people are, are impacted, they feel like there's, there's no hope and you're giving them the hope to, you know, to change that. So I love that that became your journey and that really sparked you really working on this issue. And now it's your life work. It is. So my life work is speaking up and speaking out related to justice. And it's not just related to me in my own capacity. I would say one of the key goals that I have as well is inspiring other people to embark on their leadership journey. So I'm not the one that's saying, you know, changing things that have happened and creating a new pathway, rewriting history or building, you know, new pathways to the future is just about me. My work is also helping others to build leadership capacity to lead their own change. Yes, I have some unique tools and skill sets. You know, I earned my my doctorate. So I'm a researcher and scholar. I'm a civil rights attorney, law professor, all those things. But those gifts are only as strong as my capacity to help give them to someone else and to help train and inspire them to use their voice to make a difference as well. Then we can come like this big, mighty choir singing one harmony with one goal. This harmony for justice and freedom. Yeah. And making sure that that doesn't happen again. And I think that's really important. Let's talk about this book. So how, how did we get in? You know, we're doing this and then now we have books. How, what, when did that become a goal and how did you achieve that? I started off with my first book. It's called The Lawyer as Leader. I wrote that book in 2014. It was based upon my dissertation, the pioneering civil rights attorneys that I work with across the nation from Dr. Ager Khan, who founded Time Bank USA, to uh, John A. Powell, who was then at Ohio State University at the Kerwin Institute, and Bonnie Allen, for example, at the Mississippi Center for Justice. I wanted to know, and this is my journey on everything that I do, to be able to explore, learn, and grow in real time, to pause, grow, and reflect, and making that determination daily, moment by moment. So that first book was really a reflection of what did I learn in that journey as I was shadowing these pioneering attorneys, what were the lessons? What are their leadership characteristics? But more importantly, over time, of course, that as an attorney, we lost one of our tools. Typically, when we're talking about racial disparities or civil rights issues, we go, oh my goodness, um, it's about mass litigation. Mm. How do you litigate against, for instance, I grew up in the peak of the war on drugs. Where's Mm. your cause of action? 
who are you going to litigate against related to those racial disparities? That there are more African-American males under the control of our penal system than who were enslaved in the early 1800s, according to Michelle Alexander. Who is the litigant? What's your complaint? And yeah. how do you challenge the whole system? So I had to learn the hard way that the same tools that were successful for like Brown versus Board of Education, other mass litigation, it looked remarkably different in the latter end of the 21st century, of course. So for me, it was an invitation to take the learning and growth and advocacy strategies and bring it to a wider audience. So for me, books are a vehicle to have a conversation yeah. with people all over the world. So my books have traveled to places I've never been. I just got a photo of my children's books arriving in Rwanda. I haven't been to Kigali yet, even though I know the capital city is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, according to some of the you know, travel reports. So books became a vehicle for learning, for exploration, and taking it in places that I don't necessarily get a chance to go to, but a spark for anyone who's interested in learning more. Yeah. And, you know, many of our listeners, they have a goal to write a book. And sometimes that can seem daunting, but I think a lot of people relate to it because it is a big goal. It's not easy when you do accomplish it. It is a huge success. And I love that yours is the lawyer as a leader. And I love that because I think it really shows that, that you're more than just your job or your profession. It's really about becoming a leader and, and being an advocate for other people. So if somebody had a goal to write a book, what is, what's your advice? What, what are your tips? Cause now you have done it a couple of times. So you probably have the process down and when it was yeah. probably difficult to start now you're a pro. Okay. Well, yes, nearly. Uh, I think at the end of the summer will be 30 books later. So I hope I have some skills and tips I can share. I would say if you were sitting here at my desk, I mean, literally, I have posted notes everywhere. Um, and I'm not endorsing posted notes, even though I love 3M. I did one of my internships there. But I'm saying- <laughs> Don't you just, wish we invented those? Yeah, I'm posted notes. Right now. I'm, not, I'm not doing an infomercial right now. I'm just giving you a sense that, yeah, whether it's a scrap piece of paper, a little journal book, I always have something with me or even you know just a video recorder on my phone. Because a book, we think of it chapter by chapter, page by page. A book is really thought by thought by thought by thought. And then you bring them together because otherwise, if you look at the whole book, you will never complete it. Because I remember I was writing the lawyer's leader. I was like, I give up. Like, I'm, I'm done. You know, and one of my friends, Mary said, well, Artika, you're looking at it the wrong way. And I was like, what? She was like, remember that advice I gave you for your dissertation? I was like, uh, yeah, but that was very stressful too, Mary. But come on, what's you have some better <laughs> advice? It didn't mitigate the stress. But she was like, you remember what I told you? I was like, yes, Mary. You said start with five minutes short sprints until you could build up capacity. So literally still today, 10 years after Mary gave me that advice nearly, I do five minute free writes. And then mm -hmm. truly, I don't look at a book from the beginning, A to Z. I look at the book of ideas coming together and as I start to verbalize the ideas, write them down on my handy post-it notes, the book comes together for me later, but it's first getting the thoughts, the ideas, and creating the space. So literally, my first book, The Lawyer is Leader, did not go chapter one to chapter 10. I think I wrote yeah. chapter five first, and then I went back and started recalibrating, working on the introduction. And it was like a series of like 5,000 post-it notes, please don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I just think a part of what keeps people from missing their goal of writing their first book is they don't have a process or system mm -hmm. to help them to think about. It's not an A to Z. You might go M, L, P, Z, then B, C, 
as long as you continue to write and let that creativity flow, it's essential. And the last thing that I would say, get a writing circle. That's almost like your accountability circle, right? So get that writing circle to help encourage you. So the lawyer's leader, I did not write in isolation. I wrote with some of my colleagues in a Black women's writing circle mm -hmm. that met once a month where we exchanged ideas in real time with Dr. Carolyn Holbrook, with Dr. Buffy Smith. So get that writing group going as well, because that's the strongest support that you can create. All right, Bold Gold Crushers, super excited to announce the July book series coming up on the podcast. We will be discussing several books with some very exciting guests. So if you haven't joined the book club yet, go to sarahmayer.com slash join book club, and you can check out all the books we will be reading in July. First up is the book, The Third Door. We'll be discussing that on the 14th of July. So grab that really quickly. And again, on our link, you can grab that. Our next book will be Comparison-itis. We'll be discussing that book on the 21st of July. Our third book will be The Coaching Habit. And then in August, we'll dive into the power of one more. So if you haven't jumped into the book club, now is the time, sarahmayer.com slash join book club. And all the founding members up to the first 100 will get a special surprise and will also be entered into drawings and all these things. So you will be forever a founding member of the Bold Goal Crusher book club. So jump in. Check out the July and August books and let's get started. And I love this concept that you share. I, you know, somebody always says, how do you eat an elephant? It's like, why, why do we want to eat an elephant? It doesn't make sense. And I love that you talked about it's not A to Z. It may be M and C and whatever, but it's really about creating that action. And then eventually it'll all come together. And then the accountability group, I know, you know, I don't, I don't like to go to the gym, but if somebody's meeting me at the gym, I have this, this thing where go. like, I have to show up. And so having a writing group or a goal accountability group is really key to, you know, maintaining that inner motivation. So I love that you talk about the journey because I think many times people don't get started because that first step, like writing the introduction of a book, like you didn't write that first, but they think no. that that may be the first <laughs> step. And that seems very challenging. <laughs> yes. No, I don't write the introduction first. And most of it, I'll be, you know, full disclosure. Most of the time I send all my manuscripts to uh, the editor and I don't have a conclusion yet. I remember mm -hmm. one book, it was set to go to print. I, I didn't have a conclusion. And then literally the day they were like, um, Dr. Time, well, we need the conclusion. I was having a conversation with my aunt. I'll never forget it. We were sitting at the kitchen table and it sparked the idea because she talked mm -hmm. about legacy and succession planning. So she went beyond leadership being about what happens presently today, uh, what we can build together in real time. And in the background, it was Dr. Monroe preaching a message on TV. So I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is all aligning. Let me get a piece of this sermon. Let me understand what my aunt's saying. And the reason why I couldn't write the conclusion because I didn't have a clear vision of what it was yet. 
uh, what leadership meant and how do we take it to the next level. So also being a writer, being an author, any type of creative, you have to be open to being shifted, to being uh, inspired in the moment. That's why I don't leave home without my post-it notes (laughs) because I don't know what's going to inspire me. Yeah, I love that. I have a little notebook in my purse. And if, if somebody were ever to find it, they would be like, this is the most random person ever. But if I don't have it with me, I, I think about all these things and I capture all my great, all my best ideas and worst are in that notebook. And it really helps me to gather that and keep that together. Then I review it and pull out the things that I'm going to work on. And then sometimes I say, I don't even know what I was thinking on this one or what did I even write here? <laughs> no, it happens to me too, but to have a process and mm-hmm. to have that, that ongoing commitment to writing and creating, you just never know what you'll create and what the possibilities could be, but you're opening up your mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit to say, I'm, I'm open to create wherever I am, whenever mm-hmm. I felt, felt so moved and you document that journey. Yeah. I love this uh, concept of the five minutes because you talked about your friend gave you the advice of setting, you know, working on something for five minutes and we can do anything for five minutes pretty much. But what I imagine is that five minutes turned into 10, which turned into 30 and you really started a flow. And so then the five minutes probably became a lot easier. This is true. And it's like anything else, you know, how you hear all this data in the studies, it takes 60 days to build a new habit and all those things. All of a sudden you have a habit of writing. All of a sudden mm-hmm. you have a habit of unleashing your creativity in real time. And I also think for me, I had a lot of misconceptions. I thought the goal was if you want to write a book, you just sit down and start writing. Um, if you want to, you know, even for my dissertation, I was like, okay, now you have all the data collected, just write this thing. But I didn't realize a process and the process of taking each step one at a time versus trying to, you know, take on the whole staircase, you know? So for me, I would say the goal is thinking about incrementally how to build those habits of writing, which have served me well over a lifetime. Every day I'm writing about something and that's increased my productivity, increased my ability to gather new information and knowledge. And more than that, the excitement of helping to share those untold stories in real time. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and we're recording. What's your next big, bold goal? My next big, bold goal. Oh, decision, decision, decision. There's a few of them, but there's one that's very important to me. It's near and dear to my heart. I'll have a new STEM book uh, series release that focuses on making STEM more available and accessible to diverse populations, to young women and children of color. So I would say the next bold goal where we have to crush it and make it happen in real time is that I'm building a STEM academy in Ghana. So recently purchased the land and looking at expanding the efforts. And why is this important? Because we know, even here, based upon the data in the United States, that STEM careers are growing at a rate two to three times faster than all careers combined. If we want to create real career pathways to success, if we want to create more opportunities and equal opportunity at that, we have to invest in STEM and make it accessible to everyone in real time. So in building, you know, no one knows this yet, but through my publishing company, I'm also behind the scenes. I have all the characters sketched and everything. I'm also producing a STEM book series because it's that simple notion of you can't be what you cannot see. I want little girls Mm -hmm. to see themselves on the pages of our books to say, okay, mathematician, just like 
my dear friend, Allison Brown, who's the president of the Science Museum of Minnesota. Young Allison can see a reflection of herself on the pages of the book and say, you can be a mathematician if that's what you want. You know, and I'm writing this other book about Kojo Love Science. So introduction for the young children to say that science was within reach and it's a part of our daily life in real time. So for me, getting into STEM, creating opportunities, helping to train those next leaders, innovators and disruptors is what I'm after right now. Mm, I love it. And I think that's so important because, you know, so many times people and little girls and little boys and everybody of all ages will say, I want to do this, or I want to be this. And immediately there are so many people are like, well, you can't do that. Well, you know, nobody's ever been the president of the United States has been that. And well, then you better do this. And it's like all the shoulds and you have to's come out. And so it's so important for that inspiration for everyone to see that it is possible and it is possible for everyone. And it might not be easy, but if you work on that goal a little bit at a time and you activate a coalition and an accountability group, it becomes more possible. And so I love that. And I'm super excited about this school. You heard it here, maybe first or not, but you heard it here on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. You heard it first on the podcast. So when this school breaks ground and comes to fruition, we will support you. I want to circle back on that in any way that I can support you in that journey or our listeners can please let us know because we want, we want to support everybody in their goals. And that's huge, and make a huge impact, not only on uh, the lives of those kids who go to that school, but their families and their community. So that's awesome. Love that goal. All right. If anybody wanted to connect with you, how would they go about doing that? And where can they find you? You can find me in two places. You can find me on my website and all my social media channels, and which is my name, Artika Tyner, and artikatyner.com is my website. If you're thinking about supporting some of our work around our literacy organization, you can find us at ppgjli.org. That's for Planting People, Growing Justice Leadership Institute. Because not only have we developed a business model through our bookstore and publishing house, we are a social enterprise. So the proceeds and the support from everything that we do on the business side, it helps us to sustain our philanthropic efforts. So that way, whether you're looking at, you know, purchasing your next book or are looking at opportunities to support in real time, if you go to our nonprofit's website, you can see how your investment can make an impact in real time. Oh, I love seeds. it. I love it. And as you know, anything worth doing takes a team and a lot of work. So please go check out her links and support her. And thank you so much for sharing your goal journey, but also yourself with my listeners. I know we all appreciate hearing all the work you're doing. You're doing awesome things. So keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I know it's through the power of community. So I look forward to remaining connected. Yeah, same thing. All right, everyone, go on and crush your bold goals. If you need any help, you know where to find us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. 
Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.